Welcome to the Physiology Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the study of the early Christian movement and its implications for the church today. Today, we are joined by Michael, our resident physiologist, uh, Matt Till is not with us. He is away at conference. And I am Andrew Johnson, uh, associate pastor at Neartown Church uh, in Houston, Texas. Michael, I think today's interview that we are about to hear is incredible. I don't want to even step on it. What are we about to listen to, Michael? Well, I had the opportunity a little bit earlier to speak with the president of Kiev Theological Seminary about the situation in Ukraine. And uh, we recorded that conversation and wanted to share it with you all um, because it's, you know, it's heartbreaking. And we all know that we see the images on television uh, and um, we, we can hardly believe the things that we're seeing happen uh, right now in Ukraine. And so it was great to have Ruslan on with me and uh, to talk about his heart and what the church is doing there. And, and, um, and you're going to hear some things that are a little bit disturbing as well, but uh, we'll circle back on the other side of the interview. Yeah. And, and note, um, Michael is our resident ephesiologist. We will not be losing him to a journalistic agency to go out and perform uh, major interviews uh, but we will say this is an incredible opportunity that we have today. Uh, note that at one part in the interview, a question is asked, and it will sound like there's silence. Um, your audio is not uh, broken. Um, Ruslan is trying to compose himself. So mm-hmm. continue to listen. And now uh, here is the interview with Michael and Ruslan, president of Keep Theological Seminary. Well, I am very grateful to be joined today by uh, a new friend, Ruslan Fmiz, who is the president of Kiev Theological Seminary. He's joining us from Kiev, and I thought this would be a great opportunity for us uh, in our network to hear more about what is going on there and, uh, and to um, learn about ways in which we might be able to come alongside of our brothers and sisters in uh, Ukraine. So Ruslan, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for for inviting me. And it's a honor for me to talk with your your people. Well, we're grateful. We know we follow the news about the things that are going on in Ukraine. And and honestly, they're horrifying. Uh, We hear the stories uh, that are happening there, and we can hardly believe our eyes and our ears. So I thought it'd be great uh, just to hear from you. You're you're in Kiev now. Um, What is it that you're seeing? What what are you all experiencing? And and how is everyone doing? Well, um, actually, I'm not in Kiev now. You're not Uh, in Kiev. Not in Kiev. Uh, we uh, we uh, uh, run again, uh, run away from Kiev, and um, uh, and we we had a very special circumstance. So let me let me uh, tell a story. What happened uh, uh, when and how war was started? Sure. So uh, February 
23rd. It was very, very heavy uh, situation in Ukraine. A lot of information about, uh, about uh, future and you know the smell of war was mm. in the air. And uh, me and my family, we had a wonderful day. And I uh, returned from seminary to home and we uh, had a great evening. And we went to, the, to bed. So went to sleep and at 12 o'clock. Uh, my wife and my, my son, the, the, they stand and said that uh, probably we need to go away mm. from Kyiv. And I told, oh, probably not. It's everything will be quiet because uh, it's over three months situation like that. And we pray and we received like um, uh, some uh, uh, understand, understanding that we need to, to go somewhere. Mm. And I told to my family, okay, let's take a car and we'll just, just drive in Kiev. And uh, or a little bit outside of Kiev, and we drive away from Kiev to the subway, and we stay on the petrol station, and we look on the hour watch, and it was 4 a.m. And that moment, Putin started to give his speech about the war will start, mm -hmm. and we were very scared, and immediately bombs and rockets. Uh, starting to shooting to Kiev, and we couldn't to return to Kiev. Wow. And we started to, to we, we pray and we started to, to think what to do. And we uh, was thinking to wait several hours, maybe it will be finished, but it's not finished. And we started to, to run uh, to the West and we come to the uh, friends and stay and day by day we stayed in different places and more and more people uh, was coming to the western Ukraine to stay there it's refugees and the situation now that Kiev, uh, Kiev it's uh, under uh, missiles attacks uh, under uh, some aircrafts uh, raids mm. and very dangerous in Kiev but Kyiv belonged to Ukraine, so it's not Russia's uh, place. Uh, so many other towns completely bombed, completely. Wow. For example, uh, Kharkiv and Mariupol and Sumy and Lebedin and Korostein, Zhitomer, and they destroyed uh, houses, they destroyed buildings, they destroyed infrastructure. And also what is very dangerous, they kill like civilian people mm. uh, and especially, especially kids. So yesterday they bombed directly maternity hospital and so many pregnant women were there and they completely destroyed that. And this is horrible. And many, wow. many towns is completely destroyed now. Wow, wow. But you're someplace safe. And your family is safe. In 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 that situation, we are saved. Yeah, in the, in in safe uh, safe place, we we stay with uh, friends, and uh, we serve to refugees. We try to to redirect people and to find them housing, food, water, medicine, and uh, to do what we can do.
Mm. And what's the what's the spirit of the people there? How how do you sense the Ukrainian people are doing? Uh, well, it uh, the, this situation, this war, it was unexpected and as expectable. So nobody was waiting because the Russia side they several many many times they told we're not going to to start war we're not going to start war and many people they they believed them mm. and war is come uh, very fast uh, people people uh, destroyed because they lost everything mm. everything they lost uh, job, they lost house, they lost uh, their uh, um, land because you know Ukrainians they they like to to work in in garden to plant flowers to to do something. They lost everything, and uh, even they lost um, you know how to say it's in English. Um, I, I saw the picture in Lviv. The mother came with. these uh, babies and they couldn't uh, like uh, take uh, uh, like um, I forgot how to say in English uh, this uh, place where they put uh, put baby and uh, drive the stroller yeah yeah and they could uh, have that and they live it's on the streets mm. wow and wow. it's a very horrible picture uh, to see that. Uh, so they they lost people lost many things, but spirit inside strong. Mm -hmm. uh, many people come to the Western Ukraine and they expect uh, peace to return to the house. And also many people they even they evacuated to Europe to Poland, to Romania, to other countries, and they wait to return to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So we very appreciate to, to Christians in Europe and they, they open their hearts and doors of their houses to, to stay our people there. But we, we expect that uh, war will uh, end, uh, will came to the end soon, and we will be back to, to usual work. Yeah, well, we're, we certainly are praying for that. How is the church in Ukraine? Church, serve. Church, serve now. Mm. It's time to show people God's love. And now mm. church in I see church is a hands of God. Wow. Yeah, and uh, church uh, try to organize uh, uh, cars to bring um, food and medicine to the Kiev and to other other towns, and bring back uh, people. So the cars is completely full in that way and another way. So we have. Uh, you know, uh, many like simple Christians, they they became he heroes, like heroes, mm. because they do excellent job, excellent. Wow! Even yeah. small churches, and we never heard about them. Small churches, fifteen people in in faraway village, 
and they serve very strong. They, uh, they bring a potato, they do some, some bread, they, they buy some meat and send to people who, who has the needs. Yeah, wow, that is so neat to hear. Praise the Lord for his body working uh, in the midst of, of the tremendous turmoil. You had a video on Facebook of a church that had been bombed. Um, was that a pastor that you knew? T tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, it's uh, uh, Misha, uh, uh, Michael Pimanenko from Sume town. He is, uh, Mikhail is a key theological seminary graduate student, and uh, he is very faithful uh, minister. And uh, uh, it's a Baptist church uh, and close to the church, probably 100 meters from the church, 500 kilogram bomb mm. was explosion. So the hole is over probably five meters deep uh, because probably we think they tried to destroy church, but destroy the house near a church. And this is, this is horrible because it's not only one situation. Uh, today we received information that two brothers in Mariupol, they, two pastors, they were arrested. And problem is that one pastor has sickness and he need to have medicine always. Uh, but uh, nobody give keep care about him, and now he is in, in troubles. And second brother, also a pastor, he uh, he arrested just uh, just somewhere in the basement, and no water, no food, and uh, no 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 war. It's now it's freezing in in mm. Ukraine, mm -hmm. minus five uh, by Celsius. So it's very difficult. But church uh, still uh, continue to, to serve even in that circumstance. We know the needs are great, uh, Ruslan. How, how can those who would be listening today to uh, the, the podcast, how might we be able to help? The first of all, please pray. Pray mm -hmm. for Ukraine. Uh, we have really, really difficult situation. We went through the dark days. And we believe that uh, Ukraine uh, will have victory with God's help. And uh, God will protect us, we believe that. And please pray to God and pray for Christians, pray for church and uh, pray for wisdom, how to serve in that circumstance. Mm. The secondly, pray about our hearts because it's very difficult. And we would like, in that difficult circumstance, we would like to our hearts belong to, to Jesus. And may his grace uh, fill out our hearts uh, by his peace. Uh, please, uh, if you have opportunity to send some uh, humanitarian aid. So it's it, it necessary now for, for Ukraine. And next several months, it will be a problem number one. It's to have clothing, food, water, medicine, because uh, over 50% of uh, factories in Ukraine, it's already destroyed. So wow. we, we're not able to provide uh, some, uh, some, uh, some stuff uh, for, for us. And of course, if, if your heart is open, please uh, donate uh, money because uh, it's a great opportunity to buy, just, just buy food. Mm. 
uh, and uh, this is uh, very necessary also. And also, friends, be ready. Uh, I would like to, to invite you, be ready if war will finish and God will give a blessing to us. We need immediately to start live, to start serve, uh, to start uh, build, uh, build uh, society, build uh, churches, mm -hmm. and brought gospel to many people. Now people is very open, very open for gospel. I'm sure. Wow. Wow. I know you're thinking into the future now. And what is it that you're seeing? What, what is your hope as you think about the future? You know, uh, yeah, I believe in future because if we are with God, it's always uh, what is ahead of us, it's much more better that, uh, that beside us because we with God. And uh, we see that uh, war will come to the end. And we need to we need to uh, to continue to serve. Many things will be by a new way. So and also we that receive from from God's like from God's hands. So but we're ready to be in Ukraine and continue to be God's tools in His hand. Mm. So we just just invite you if your heart will be open to join to us and do new things we're very open yeah great wonderful well I, you and i are just getting to know each other and i'm looking forward brother to uh to getting to know you more and and looking at the opportunities that there are there to help you and the work that you have i know you're you're the president of kiev theological seminary Tell me about your hope for the seminary, especially as you're thinking about the future, but, but what, what, what's the reality now for the seminary? Well, seminary, uh, we have a very nice campus in Kiev. Uh, it's mean Kiev Theological Seminary. We had, uh, we had wonderful team of professors and staff uh, who was uh, served there. But uh, during that circumstance, uh, mostly of them, uh, they uh, lived Kyiv and they stay out in the western part of Ukraine. And some uh, evacuated to even to Europe, especially uh, women, and they, they, uh, they, they, they went to Europe. And uh, my heart uh, in, in the seminary, it's uh, to continue to develop to provide and develop the evangelical theological education in Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, we believe that uh, it's very important part of society, evangelical theology, because uh, mostly of uh, our uh, like circumstance, it's uh, Orthodox theology or Catholic theology, but we need to continue to develop evangelical theology and uh, our hope if, is uh, we will be able to do that. You know, uh, how to reach uh, society, uh, one way how to reach society is through education. Mm -hmm. And we are going to continue to develop that. Great. W wonderful, wonderful. And I, I look forward to hearing and learning more 
about that. I know you're, you, you uh, had for some time been separated from your wife and children. Uh, are you together now? Not, we're not together. Uh, we uh, sent, uh, I, I sent my wife and several other brothers uh, sent their wives to Romania and they uh, stay there in some uh, summer Bible camp and they serve to refugees. So uh, for men from 18 to 60, not allowed to, to go outside of Ukraine. So we mm -hmm. stay here in Ukraine and we serve here. Okay. All right. And so if we would, it, it, do they have needs in Romania? Is there a way that we might be able to help there as well? Well, uh, uh, they have a good uh, like a circumstance there and people take care about them. Of course, the people who take care about uh, refugees in Romania, they need, uh, they need uh, support or they need uh, financial, but they do very good job. So please pray about them and support them. Yeah, great. I know my wife and I lived for many years in Romania, and we are so proud of what the church is doing there to take care yes, of, of they refugees. They do amazing job, amazing yeah. job. And anytime, it's day or night, they're ready to go to the custom and to pick uh, our, our people uh, and yeah. bring them to the, to the campus. Wow. So they, they serve very, very, very hard and, mm -hmm. and praise the Lord for them. You know, it's, it's also, it's God's, God's hand uh, because uh, we have not uh, much, many people uh, in Europe whom we know well, but God open hearts and they host our people in their houses, in their churches, in their campuses. Yeah, and please, please pray for them and support them. Yeah, that's beautiful. Have you had contact with any brothers and sisters in Russia? Not much. Uh, now we have contacts because, um, uh, because uh, uh, so some looks like a wall now between between Ukraine and Russia. Mm. Uh, I'm personally, I received several letters from, uh, from people who was, uh, who, who from Russia and they uh, give uh, like a recommendation for us to Ukrainians to repent. Um, and, and we do that of course, but uh, we need to, we need to, to see all of the roots of that battle, of that war. And this is the, the reason of this uh, war. It's not Ukraine. Mm. Ukraine yeah. is a peaceful country and we never, we never uh, have aggression uh, for any other countries. But, uh, but it's very painful for us in such a difficult uh, circumstance to hear the voice and strong voice, so you need to repent, you need to be humble, you need to, to be quiet, you need, don't protect yourselves. And it looks like now in that period, it looks like wall between uh, mm -hmm. Ukraine and Russia. I hope it's temporary. And in the beginning of our conversation, I was asked you to pray about our hearts. We don't want to put um, some, um, zeal in our hearts mm -hmm. 
Mm. You know, we don't want to, to reject uh, Russians' uh, brothers, but we would like to be in real unity, real unity. Yeah, yeah, amen, amen. Well, we will, we will most certainly be praying for that. Yeah. Ruslan, I'm, thank you so much for joining me. I, I know it's a difficult time for you. I, I love your spirit. I, I love hearing how the church is responding as the hand of God, as the hands of Jesus uh, to the needs of the people in Ukraine. And I'm praying and hopeful that those who are listening to our podcast will also want to step up and uh, contribute, uh, whether it is through humanitarian uh, needs of food and clothing and, and housing, or if it's just simply donations. And we'll put a link on our website to be able to donate to Kiev Theological Seminary. I love the work that you're doing, Ruslan. Uh, you are in my prayers and my family's prayers. Thank you very much. Thank you, friends. And uh, please uh, join to God's work in Ukraine. And uh, God uh, will show amazing, amazing results. Amen. Amen. I love your spirit. And that's what we're praying. Thank you so much for, for uh, being with us. Wow, Michael, I, I personally cannot believe that you had that opportunity today to talk to him and to hear everything that you did. Mm. Well, he and his family are new heroes to me. Um, I, I was connected with Ruslan uh, last week through a friend of mine who's on the board of that seminary, and he had called in somewhat uh, of a desperate state try, trying to figure out where exactly uh, uh, Luda, Ruslan's wife, was. And so we scrambled to, to uh, connect with our friends in Romania to try to locate her, and, and later we found out that she was safe. And, uh, and serving the refugees at across the border into Romania. And so Ruslan and I have, have uh, had multiple conversations since then about Ukraine and, and what's happening. And our family is personally helping them. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm broken up by what's happening there on, on multiple levels. I mean, it, it is just uh, incredible to me in this day and age that we're seeing what we're seeing there. Um, it, it's just the epitome of power and greed, uh, a lust for power. And, uh, and, and then the heartbreaking stories that we're hearing. Uh, yeah. It's unreal. I don't know. I don't know if it's because Sometimes the skirmishes that arise with Arab Spring, that, that there's so many, so often fighting is the norm uh, in some of the Arab countries. Um, I get used to seeing or hearing about that, and that becomes, uh, like I said, it becomes normal. It doesn't it doesn't raise my attention. But what we have here is nothing like I have personally seen in my lifetime in regards to uh, the level of war, uh, the severity of it, the potential uh, for more. I wish, I mm. wish, I wish I could share Ruslan's optimism. 
Mm. Well, I so appreciated his heart, his spirit, uh, and uh, the things that he shared about what the church in Ukraine is doing to serve others. And it's just a testimony to the body of Christ um, and, and there being the hands of, of the Lord to serve. And uh, I, I'm just praying that as a result, you, you know, people will come to Christ and, yeah. you know, the, the, there's an openness now, like there hasn't been in a while. And uh, Ruslan sees that and we're praying that God will move in just a supernatural way. One of the things that struck me is there's kind of the two fronts that were pretty apparent in your conversation with him. Um, one, like you just mentioned, what does it look like to be the church on the run? What does it look like to be the church who is, uh, no pun intended, but who's literally under fire and who still has a king that they love and serve and know that he is important above all else while strength, trying to stay alive? while trying to keep their family alive. What does it look like to be the church on the run? And then on the other hand, the other aspect of, of the Romanian brother and sisters, uh, Polish, um, lots, of, you know, lots, of, lots of active churches there in Europe. What does it look like to be the church who is receiving people on the run? What does it look like to care for brothers and sisters? Uh, or even more so, what does it look like to care for refugees, whether or not they are Christians that you are receiving? What does it look like to care for people who um, are being persecuted or killed or run out of town or whatnot? I just, it was so striking to me, this, this dual aspect of living out one's faith. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And we don't want to politicize this at all, but I mean, we can't be but struck by his comment about Russian evangelical brothers who have written to him and have called Ukrainians to repent for resisting uh, uh, this war in Putin. And uh, I mean, we can scratch our heads and try to figure that out. And, and uh, I'm afraid, for me at least, I would go more bald than I am trying to understand uh, that kind of response. But I think what Wait, I can appreciated. I, can I just ask the dumb question? And maybe again, I'm not, this is maybe my naivete, not realizing how political I'm getting by asking it. I, I don't understand what do the Ukrainians have to repent from or repent of? Why yeah, would what, the Russians ask them to repent? I think there's still some animosity between. Uh, Ukrainians and Russians for what happened in the 90s when Ukraine separated from the Soviet Union. I think that's still uh, lingering a, a little bit. Outside of that, I think it would be speculation uh, on my part. But I, what I appreciate so much about Ruslan is his heart. And you heard him say that he's asking us to pray that the Ukrainian Christians would not uh, have a hardened heart toward their Russian mm -hmm. brothers and sisters. And mm -hmm. I just love that. He, he wants to be gracious as Jesus is gracious. And that's such a needed uh, message for us today in our very fragmented Christianity, and, and not just in Ukraine and Russia, but in many parts of the world. 
uh, there's a fragmentation and we just need to have hearts that aren't hardened toward each other, uh, but really can respond graciously. And, um, and I know, I mean, we need that prayer as much as he does, uh, but I just appreciated him articulating that in, in the way that he did. So I'm going to reference something listeners that then you'll hear about, but I can't stop thinking about it. And, and that is this aspect of uh, the nature of faithful Christian discipleship, us growing in Christ it, to, to grow in Christ is our formation in Christ. It's that Christo formation. It's that thinking and feeling and acting like Jesus. And sometimes when we have conversations about growing our faith or seeing our faith in action, sometimes it feels like it's in a test tube or it feels like it's in a very stated environment. Um, and when we talk about thinking, feeling, and acting like Jesus, and we are looking at the Ukrainian Christians, and we are looking at those who are in the middle of this strife, it takes on a different aspect entirely, where Ruslan is literally exhibiting the heart of Christ in praying for his enemies, or, or for people who have something against him that he is choosing. I am not going to hold it against them, and I am going to pray for them. And I am going to care for them. I pray that they know Christ. I pray that they turn to him and that he responds in immediate forgiveness. It, it, it removes that test tube or that very um, cold is not the right word. I'm trying to look for um, clinical. That's the word. This clinical discussion of how does our faith look? And it, and it puts it out in the real world and it puts it in a messy situation. And we get to see, like you said, there are heroes to be able yeah. to be brothers and sisters who are acting like this in this moment, uh, in the midst of literally being under fire. It's just, it's <clears throat> inspiring. Yep. It's, it is inspiring for sure. Well, anything else that you have as uh, by way of reflection uh, from that interview? Yeah, well, we've we've posted on our website ways uh, a way in which you can give to Kiev Theological Seminary. Um, the work that they're doing is is good work as they continue to try to care and provide for uh, people in need. So those are those are uh, monetary donations, and of course, I'm sure you can ask your church. Uh, I'm sure there are. Uh, people in your networks that are uh, gathering together uh, needs. You heard Ruslan talk about the need for clothing and food and medication, especially. So I, I hope our listeners will be inspired to uh, to really act in this time of, of desperation in Ukraine. And one of the last things, which is not, um, it, it's a call to prayer. It is a call to constant and consistent prayer. Mm. Um, it's one of the first things Ruslan asked for, and I think we would be foolish to act as if just giving money or just sending clothing or just trying to get involved is enough. Um, continue to pray. Continue Absolutely. to pray for your brothers and sisters. Continue to pray for those who do not yet know our King and, and pray that God moves. Um, pray that things stop. Pray that the, the optimism for a peaceful resolution that Ruslan has. Pray that it happens. Pray that God intercedes and yeah. um, be in prayer constantly. 
listeners, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to this. Uh, if you were moved, if you were encouraged, please pass this one on. Uh, this is a, a much shorter episode, I think, than some of our more recent ones have been. And uh, it is worth listening to. Uh, if you would like to continue to engage in what God is doing through Ephesiology, just go to our website, ephesiology.com. Also check out our master classes uh, if you would like to step into that greater theological training that you heard Ruslan talk about. Um, we are working uh, along those lines as well. I want to encourage you in your faith. So for Michael, for Matt and myself, thank you for joining us on the Ephesiology Podcast today.